Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Honest Human Resources Podcast. This is your host, Matthew Kirby. And before we get into today's show, I'm going to thank you once. I'm going to thank you twice. I'm going to thank you a million times. Thank you for all the support, the love, the feedback for those who have been listening from the very beginning. And welcome and thank you all in advance to those who this episode could be their first time listening Just a little bit more about me real quick. I work in HR. I oversee all of the recruiting at my organization. Outside of my nine to five job, I have my own HR consulting company specifically focusing on career services. So anything that you need help with getting that next job, getting that bigger bag, getting out of your state, whatever that is. And then, of course, y'all know. And one of the most fun aspects is, of course, the podcast. If you want to hear more about my personal life, career life, family life, whatever life you want to call it, stop what you're doing right now and go listen to the first episode. Honest Human Resources, his story, his story. See what I did there? Did you catch it? Huh? Huh? Go tune in if you already haven't listened to it. So again, thank you very much. This show is really one of the only, if not the only shows that are HR based, dedicated and tailored to folks who aren't in HR. How crazy is that? How crazy is the idea that we're all a human resource? So if you want to know more and learn about that, go ahead and check this episode out. Matter of fact, just binge listen and catch up. Catch up, catch up if you're new to the show. For those who aren't, thank y'all again for listening. All right, I'm done with my little blurb now. I just wanted to thank you all again, give you a heads up on what you're going to expect. And as always, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. All right, y'all, are y'all ready to get into today's episode? You ready? Okay, three, two, one. All right, bye, y'all. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode, another week, another Monday of the Honest Human Resources podcast with your host, me, Matthew Kirby. And today's episode is one that's really kind of near and dear to me. I've seen this happen in my life in several different aspects. Maybe you can relate to this as well, but it's one of those things where we kind of never talk about it like outside of work or just outside of our experience, but it's one of those things where what happens or what do you do when like your recruiter or your waiter or whoever is helping you in the process quits or leaves or ghosts or whatever the case may be. So I was thinking about the name of the topic and how I'm going to do my thing and put my signature on it. And today's topic name, the short, simple, sweet of this episode is going to be called When quitters win. So when quitters win, you're like, what? Quitters never win. They losing because they not they not seeing it out. They not seeing it through. They not finishing. They not this. They not that. They're going to get a participation trophy, whatever the case may be. But it's one of those things where sometimes quitters do win. Quitters do win. And it's like, Matt, what are you talking about? Like, what do you mean? Like, 
why would a quitter win? They always lose. But it's one of those things where I think about my time or times where someone was helping me out through my hiring process and the recruiter will change all of a sudden. Right. You'll be in the moment, rocking and rolling, you know, getting ready for your screen or your first or your second or your third round interview or whatever the case may be. And then some point in your process, someone new joins and says, hey, you know, I'll be working with you now. And you'd be like, what happened to wait, what what happened to such and such? So it's one of those things where and watch, I probably have said that a million times, but I think it's like no one ever thinks about whether internal or external. Why would a recruiter quit and not just quit their job? Sometimes it feels a little bit more personal, but why would a recruiter quit on me and my process? So today we're going to be talking about that, really jumping into that. And just as I reflect on that particular topic, it's one of those things where sometimes it can be where the organization doesn't value talent acquisition or recruiting. Another big thing I've come across is when we talk about the reporting structure and who their boss may be. Sometimes folks get into these leadership or management positions and they ain't even ever recruited before. Or they never been anywhere near talent acquisition, sourcing, whatever you call it, or If they do have previous experience, you know, they are old head at the moment in the sense where the last time you picked up the phone and cold called or dialed or ran an interview process or something related to recruiting, it was umpteen million years ago. You ain't done no recruiting since 2000. So how is that relevant and knowledgeable? Another thing that comes across my mind is sometimes, especially from the recruiting perspective, sometimes recruiters are blamed for hires due to a lack of training. Like, how dare you refer someone over to me and they don't pan out or in the exit interview, they felt like they didn't get enough training. When you catch the side eye from a hiring manager and they'd be like, well, why'd you give me this person? Shame on me. Shame on us that's been in that position. And then lastly, another thing that I'm going to hit is when you're dealing with an organization where they have had that, this is how it's always done. If it's not broke, don't fix it. And you're like, wow, where's the innovation Where's the diverse thought of perspectives? I don't want to be in this kind of role and I may feel pigeonholed. So that's what we're going to get into today. And it's one of those things where as I reflect back on it, specifically with a company that doesn't truly and really value talent acquisition or understand the power and the purpose of How much talent acquisition matters, whether that's adequately sourcing candidates or adequately providing resources to candidates. That's so important. 
it's one of those things where a recruiter can get fed up when, well, let's just say, you know, hey, recruiting is sales. Recruiting is a function or extension of, hey, we got to sell the candidate. Recruiting is this. Recruiting is that. And it's one of those situations where if I'm recruiting for an organization and while I'm in the organization, don't get me wrong, our department is ash and trash or, you know, the low department on the totem pole or whatever the case may be. Why would I want to stay at an organization like that? What's the value in it for me? I'm not just a grunt worker. Not just at the bottom of the totem pole. So where's my value at? Can I go somewhere and work and make money and do all this stuff? And know that I'll be getting my worth. I think that's one reason that I've heard and, you know, even seen some of these play out with other members who are recruiters that has hit the deck. Got out of there. Skirt, skirt. And it's one of those things where at a certain point. When a recruiter gets fed up, hey, they're just like any other employee. They're going to leave. And sometimes that hurts or just the hiring process for the candidates. Another thing I was thinking about is, and I can go on and on about this, but to kind of keep it pointed a little bit outside of recruiting, have you ever had a manager or a supervisor or a director and they, you know, oversee your department or somebody else's department and they seemingly have, like no background in your department and you're like how the hell did they get in that position what kind of nepotism what kind of this what kind of that you never even recruited before you never even done product management before brand management you never done this before never done that before You may, and I'll play a little bit of devil's advocate, you may have worked in a sister department or department that parallels with mine or something like that. Is this some sort of stretch opportunity for you? Maybe that's why. Now I have to think about and navigate working under or with someone who just doesn't have the natural, I'll at least say, background experience. Maybe you catch up on things real fast. Maybe you're a quick learner. And I'm like, alright, I guess, let's let's just rock and roll with it. Let's just see what happens. You know, you're my boss now, you're my manager now, whatever the case may be. But how frustrating could that be? How frustrating could it be the fact that your boss or manager or whoever may not be the best cover, may not really understand and have a 
connection to that kind of work or that department. And then on the flip side, and I see I see this a lot of days and have a lot of colleagues that kind of tell me the same thing. You get that boss and it's like, yeah, I've done X before. I've done your role before, but it's been, I don't know, <laughs> 10, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And it's like, um, things have changed since 1997. Or things have changed since 2005. Things have changed even since 2015, whatever the year is. Because especially if you're in a department or a role or a function like recruiting, tactics change, best practices change, the market change. And it's kind of one of those things where, and I don't know why this sports reference just popped in my head, but for those who either pay attention or know enough about the NFL. Y'all remember that day or that time period where the Raiders announced they was bringing back uh, John Gruden. And aside from what you think, because I I know, I know we can go 50-50 on him. But when they hired him, he'd been out the game for, had to at least have been a decade. I remember when I caught the story and heard the news of it, I was like, John Gruden, I mean, yeah, you've been a coach before, but, you know, things is different than when you last was in here. Or maybe you just had a hell of a pitch and that's how you got that job and that nice size contract. And sometimes that's how it plays out. Not just in the NFL or whatever area, but sometimes at the job. Maybe you do a good enough pitch. Maybe that's what your manager did. You come back out of retirement in a sense. So now sometimes your methodology could be a little off. Sometimes you give out advice or you hear advice from your manager, supervisor. And it's like you can tell, you you know, you're sitting in there being on your bobblehead, just nodding and being like, Yo, ain't nobody, ain't nobody check MySpace or Black Planet or whatever Uru or just whatever source for candidates and umpteen how many years, I don't know. Look, we not going to, uh, Enron don't got no LinkedIn page. Um, can you like update your advice? I'm going to assume it comes from the heart, but can we, you know, be relevant? Because recruiting knowledge change, it changes. And I know, and I can only imagine the frustration of having a boss or supervisor or whatever that just doesn't have that context today. If you're a recruiter, and you're getting essentially outdated and old advice over and over and over again, that could be frustrating. Sometimes as a recruiter, you want to go to HR and be like, hey, ding, ding, tap, bop, bop, whatever. 
And it's like, hey, can we, uh, can we do a little switcheroo on the manager? Bring him back. Because I don't know whose man's is this. I don't know. But they got a good place in their heart. But there isms and schisms, they a little dated. A word? No. All right. Well, I'm ahead on now. Another thing I was thinking about is one of those instances, and I've heard this a lot from fellow colleagues, coworkers, things of that nature. But sometimes you're at an organization where, you know, as a part of your KPIs or for non-HR folks or just non-performance folks, key performance indicators or your goals or whatever is measured to determine your productivity. But one of those more common statistics is you have your time to fill basically kind of self-explanatory, right? How long does it take to fill this role? But then sometimes in different companies, you know, maybe more so in staffing, I've seen this before or whatever. Sometimes there's also that statistic or measurement or KPI where it's once you do hire in such amount of time, there's also another statistic on, you know, if they leave within 30 days or 60 days or in their per probationary uh, period or within the first year, that don't count. So there's a retention based statistic or KPI or measurement that you're also being weighed, weighed against you. And oftentimes recruiters can kind of catch the flack, kind of catch the flack of, you know, just being responsible, quote unquote, for how dare you give me a new hire or a candidate and then they come in and I expect them to be great and then they don't be great. And then I got to let them go. So now you got to find me somebody else. Sometimes recruiters can be like the the scapegoats, whereas what is described as a recruiting issue is now all of a sudden, when you think about it, whether you debrief or just have that realization, now all of a sudden it's determined that's a retention issue. How frustrating could it be, especially when you work on you know, one of those hard to fill positions, you finally get the person in through the process hired. You're like, yes, let's yes, Lord. Finally, this is off my plate. And then they get in there, you know, orientation month to whatever the case may be, go by. And then you get that email or notification that they've been terminated. And you're like, what? Oh, no, not this again, not this position again. You know how hard it was to fill this person in the middle of Iowa. Or this person with this exact skill level that would take a 10 percent decrease to come work. Or whatever the case may be. And it's like, are you kidding me? And then when you look at the exit interview notes, God forbid, organizations that don't do exit interviews. That's a whole nother topic. 
But you look at the notes and you see what they say or kind of the summary of it. And they say, you know, anything to the effect of, hey, I didn't feel like I got adequate training. Or, yes, I have these skills, but your training processes were funky or weird or didn't fully prepare me for what I needed to do. Or you thought I was just going to come in and just be a superhero or some other training related or lack thereof feedback. And it's like, uh, not again, Lord, I need a drink. And it's one of those things that is true. And if that keeps happening over and over and over again, a recruiter, just like any old other employee, they're going to get fed up with that. And what happens when someone gets fed up with something? They are going to leave. And one of those things where I also think about, you know, why a recruiter may quit. Is when you work in a department or organization or whatever the case may be, and you have one of those either managers or just kind of company culture that falls into like, this is how we've always done it. Or if it's not broke, don't fix it. Or doing X is going to cause too many more quote unquote inconvenient steps or that's too much work or nah, I thought I was going to keep going, but I could. But you fall into what could arguably be a toxic work mindset or culture to say, hey, we do this just because it's been like this. Where there's a lack or restraint of innovation and you've done the process, you learned it their way, you have feedback, you give feedback, you do your presentation, whatever. Maybe if you're really good at your presentation, you do kind of like a cost analysis and you got your charts and your graphs and you do your presenting and they still be like, nah. You ever been a part of a process where you just felt like there's, you know, I don't know, too much fat in the process? Need to slim it up, trim it up a little bit. Where you feel like you can do and you know so much more. And the organization and some organizations, it just depends. Or maybe even the industry as a whole. Kind of have you pigeonholed to a certain aspect. Of HR or marketing or engineering, design, whatever. And it's like intellectually. I'm not being satisfied. You know, I want to grow. Got to do something different. You ever been in one of those types of scenarios? Sometimes that very mindset, and we're not saying that culture can be changed overnight, but where it just doesn't seem like you get either a lot or enough buy-in, to really do the changes that are needed to help you, let's just say, achieve those goals of yours. To help have initiatives geared towards, I don't know, training. 
to help your overall picture if you're, let's just say, your talent acquisition or HR department or whatever doesn't seem to be receiving the value that you need it to be. As a recruiter, and I've been told, you know, by several of my colleagues, hey, I got to head out. I've hit my intellectual ceiling in this role, in this department, in this job, whatever the case may be. And it's one of those things where when I kind of think about it, I remember that time where I was applying for a role. I think it was in the education sector at the moment in Oakland somewhere because I'm in the Bay Area for y'all that don't know. But I was applying for a role. Boom. Knocked out the phone screen. Boom. Went through, you know, maybe a first, second round interview. And then skirt. It just seems like the interview process stopped. Or slow down. Or you wrap up something on a Friday, whatever part of the interview. They say, hey, we're here back. You know, we'll follow up on Monday, Tuesday. And then a week go by. Or two weeks go by. Or three weeks go by. And then when you finally hear from whoever, the recruiter left, quit, reorganization happened, acquisition happened, something. And from the candidate's perspective, you're like, dang, I ain't even I ain't even here. I ain't hear nothing. I thought you ditched me. You left me with the bill to pay. I thought this was supposed to be a great first date, if you will. You know, I thought this, I thought that. And by the time they really follow up and then they explain and, you know, what had happened was, you know, moved on now. You're out of there. What can you do? You know, I done started somewhere else. I done did this. I done did that. And it's like, well, it'd be like that sometimes. I don't know what to tell you, but I'm not interested. Or as a candidate now, you're like, man, I kind of had a a crappy process or they seem sloppy or not organized or whatever the case may be. It's one of those things where when I think about even in my own life outside of work, I remember when my wife was trying to join the Air Force. We were still in Maryland. You know, if y'all familiar with Maryland, we was in Howard County in Columbia or maybe in Laurel, wherever we was at, but not too far from a base local to us. You know, I was trying to join, you know, that, 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 you know, go through the process she was and she got a recruiter recruiter left or switched departments no went on maternity leave all right that's doable you know that's fair congratulations then they got another recruiter and then that recruiter get fired and then you like all right when the first recruiter gonna come back oh she not coming back to this department. Okay, so that's two recruiters. And then for her, you get the third recruiter. And then you don't ever hear back. And at this point, you know, for those of you that know my wife, she's like, I, right, I done tried. Well, I guess it won't meant for me. 
How frustrating could that be from McCanda's perspective? So, yes, sometimes quitting does, and for the recruiter at least, come out to a win. Promotion elsewhere, different job, different scope. But sometimes winning comes at the cost of maybe the candidate is losing. In an ideal world, you know, let's just say if a recruiter is going to quit, move on, whatever, you know, you would at least wrap up your ongoing load, ongoing rep- requisitions, and give that soft kind of handoff, that warm handoff. But it's not always like that. Sometimes recruiters get fed up. And especially from the stories I hear my colleagues say, get fed up enough to where they be like, you know what? This ain't even worth it. This ain't me. Nah, I'm going to go somewhere else. So it's one of those things where, yes, quitters can be winners. But at what cost? Yeah, it feels good to switch organizations. But who are you impacting behind you? And because of those reasons that I talked about earlier, you know, hey, that can that can impact things. Sometimes recruiters got to go. Anybody insert yourself, insert your role, whatever your title is. And when I just kind of think about the topic as a whole, it reminds me of a few things. First and foremost, and I'm becoming more notorious for saying this, but sometimes you got to simply go where you're celebrated at, not just where you're tolerated at. You really got to do your due diligence and put yourself in a place to where you feel that value. You're that department. It's like, okay, cool. The organization knows our worth. You know, here's what we're going to do. Here's our mission. This is how we're going to impact the bigger picture. You got to go where you celebrate it. All right, bet. I got a manager that, you know, yeah, I do my job. I get the person hired. I hate that the person left like five minutes. They ain't even been here that long. Now I got to go and rehire again. All because they didn't have the best onboarding or the best training. And they got fed up and quit. Or going to a place that understands where, you know what? Nah, this mindset, we nah, we can't do it. It's costing us. You really got to be able to know where and when and what and all that stuff. Those kind of characteristics of that celebratory environment. Don't settle for less. Another thing I was thinking about is recruiting shouldn't be a function of sales and not in the traditional sense. Lord knows I'm not saying that recruiters and salespeople, you know, in the same department. Let's not take this and run with it. But it's one of those things where recruiters shouldn't be treated or have those kind of expectations where They are treated as salespeople. Turnover is costly. 
And if anyone who's ever been in sales or dealt with sales kind of roles that they've hired for, hey, regardless, turnover is expensive. You're not trying to run through constantly recruiters, employees of any kind over and over again. Sometimes when you have so many goals and objectives and criteria that you need to be able to perform in and other performance metrics, sometimes when recruiters are treated as salespeople, it kind of threatens the purity and the sanctity, if you will, of the talent acquisition process as a whole, possibly even the quality of candidates. If I if I'm a recruiter or work with someone that's like, oh, man, I got to churn. I got to chop, 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 chop. I got to get these people. Maybe we see this more in high volume environment, staffing, whatever the case may be. But when that value is in there, kind of going back to that. And now you be putting people in environments where whew, sometimes they be practicing what I call those survival practices and not best practices. Yeah, that'll make a recruiter quit. And then even from and I didn't touch on this as much, even from the co-worker perspective. Have you ever had one of your co-workers quit? And now that load gets shifted to you, you be like, come on, man. This too much. And one of those other things, as I'm reflecting on this before I wrap it up. Is you got to know your worth. Don't be scared. Skirt. Afraid. However you want to call it. Just stand up to inadequate, cumbersome, different processes, lack of innovation, demand that change that you want to see. Because especially if any one of the earlier four points come into play and you stand up and you're not getting those results and you leave, think about that domino effect. From the employee perspective, from the candidate perspective, from the organization perspective. Yeah, I'm going to quit this job because of these inefficiencies. Yeah, I'm going to win. And that's a fact. So quitting isn't always, always a bad thing. Sometimes quitting is strategic. And it's important that you win. Arguably at all costs, but I'm not going to go down that path. And just when you think about next time you're either working with a recruiter, if you're going through the process now, or even for my current talent acquisition folks, HR folks at large, when your coworker who's a recruiter win, maybe it doesn't feel like a win because they're quitting for whatever reason on the department, organization, whatever. When you feel that little bit of a sting because now work is going to shift. Or whatever perspective you share in this picture that I've painted. It's one of those things where. After a while, when you don't see enough change, you got to go. When you stop believing in the product or service or organization that you're working for, you got to go. 
And that just kind of reminds me why it, it sometimes it's important to quit. Quitters never win. Nah. Quitters do win. Sometimes. At least in this context. And it's just so important, so key. But it is what it is. Before I head out of here, y'all, I just want to thank y'all again for just listening. Sometimes these conversations are important. If you want to continue the conversation, be on the show, leave some feedback, subscribe, rate, review on whatever platform. Or if you want to reach out to me, Honest Human Resources Podcast at gmail.com. Send me a little email. Send me a text or something. When in doubt, if you want to connect on social media, look up Honest Human Resources Podcast. It's everywhere. Everywhere. And just coming up, y'all, to give y'all a little heads up, the website coming too. So I'll be able to consolidate a lot of these resources for you. Make it a little bit easier for you, for my listeners. But definitely reach out, join the conversation, and let's keep the ball running. Until next week, y'all, and this is going to be so great next month. I am excited. But until February, y'all, I'm going to talk to you next time.